Welcome to this week's podcast from Terrelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to mytcc.com.au or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Awesome to be speaking in the house of the Lord and uh, just bringing the word of God. And uh, let's just uh, pray. Lord, we just thank you today for your word, Lord, that uh, directs us and guides us in all things, Lord. It uh, really, Lord, gives us life as we read your word and read all about what you've called us to be in Jesus' name, Lord. And Lord, as we come into this time of uh, heading into Easter, Lord, the month of April where we celebrate Easter, Lord, and the resurrection, Lord, you're being crucified on the cross and then rising from the dead, Lord that you are the King of Kings, that you are alive, Lord. And, and in the words of that song of Ron Canoli, Hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory. The grave has been denied. And we're here to celebrate, Lord, to cheer and to call, Lord, and to encourage each other, Lord, in that very thing, that Jesus is alive. He is the King of Kings. And so we surrender to you today, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this meeting, we pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, it's always a special time. I love Easter. Um, you know, it's a time where uh, families that normally don't come to church come to church. And, you know, uh, Easter Sunday, we've got some special stuff happening, some cookies and some buns and some hot cross buns and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's going to be absolutely awesome. You know, I want to read to you from uh, John chapter 19, verse 28. Um, and it's really talking about where Jesus said it is finished. He'd been crucified, he'd been put on the cross, all, all the stuff had been happening to him, beaten and spat upon, had his hair ripped out, he'd been lashed uh, to beyond recognition, the Bible tells us, he was unrecognisable. And here he is on the cross and reading from verse uh, 28, and it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished and bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And, uh, you know, we all would have read that passage of scripture at some time. They were the last words that Jesus spoke. It is finished. It is complete. And I looked up the Greek word uh, translated for it is finished. And it's, I probably won't pronounce this properly, so forgive me. Um, but it's uh, T-telestai, I think it is, or teletestai, something like that. But uh, the Greek understanding of that, the term is paid in full. So when Jesus said it is finished, he was saying paid in full. Well, what was paid in full? The debt of sin was paid in full. And Jesus said that in these words, declaring and uttering those words, you know, um, and when he uttered those words, he's declaring the debt owed to his father was wiped away and completely and forever. And we know that as we come to him, as we ask his forgiveness, because I don't know about you, you might be perfect, but I'm not. Um, and I know that it's not probably a day goes past where I have to come to him and say, you know, God, forgive me, you know, I messed up here or... I said something here or, you know, I got a bit angry or, or as Julie calls it, hangry. That's when I'm hungry. I don't know about you and you get hungry, you get a bit angry. But, uh, you know, we slip up. 
You know, and we can determine from these passages of Scripture that uh, where Jesus was saying it was, it was finished. When we read after that, we can determine that some of his disciples would have been discouraged. That even though Jesus had spoke to them and told them what was going to take place, we can read when we read the Scriptures following, we can read that they maybe thought, well, hang on. This was going to be our Messiah. This is going to be our King. And now he's dead. We can understand that. That obeyed his command to follow him. But their eyes were and their thoughts were Jesus' death. What's going on now? The disciples were so stunned and so shocked by it that they, what they experienced at that time when Jesus was crucified and said it is finished on the cross, that other than John, all the rest of them, all the rest of them abandoned Jesus and went and hid. That's what the scriptures tell us. When Jesus was crucified, they abandoned him and went and hid. And it had only been a week before the crucifixion that Jesus had entered Jerusalem to cheering crowds on a donkey. Like a king, he entered in and people cheered and laid down palms on the street. And they cheered the king of kings. Here where he was entering into Jerusalem just a week before. And now they're running. They're confused, disappointed and hiding. Jesus was to be their Messiah, the one who performed miracles, raised people from the dead, yet here he was now dead himself, or so they thought. The whole series for them had come to an end at the cross. And I think for many of us, if you're truthful to yourself, when you're confronted with the things of life, when you're confronted with things that sort of seem out of the extraordinary, seem out of the norm, I think that our attitude can be exactly like that of some of the disciples. We run and hide. We think, you know, that's not what I expected. That's not the way life's meant to be. I think it's normal that we question and we have doubts. And for the disciples, we read on the way to Emmaus, three days after the crucifixion, Jesus, I'm sure that they were discouraged and did not fully understand. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were walking with each other about everything and talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still with their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these last days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and in deed before God and all the people. The chief priests, our rulers, handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped, here's the, the doubting phrase, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. 
I remember very clearly the day my brother passed away from cancer at age 45. I can remember my thoughts so, so clearly that day. God, this is not the way it's meant to be. It's not fair. That was my thoughts. I remember speaking to his wife and her words. She said to me, Chris, it's not fair. It's not fair. What do you say to someone when they're asking you questions of life, situations when you're going through exactly the same thoughts that they're having, how do you answer a person when they say it's not fair? And I could imagine the disciples were saying, you know, it's not fair. We thought Jesus was going to be our Messiah, our King, and now he's dead. We don't have the words sometimes that can explain situations or that maybe can even relieve a person's hurt or what they're going through. We want to comfort them and, and be comforted, but we don't quite understand ourselves. I've spoken with many people over the years as a pastor and as a minister and I've had no words to say to them except let me pray for you. I've come to realise that the more we draw closer to Jesus Christ, the better I'm able to live free of hurt and heartache and many of the situations that we face in life. Listen to Jesus' response to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. How foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther, further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning when he walked with us and talked with us on, on the road? Were, were not our hearts burning while he talked with us on the road? This meeting with Jesus, the opening of their eyes gave them a new lease of life. Here they were downcast on the road to Emmaus. They were downcast. It's, they were thinking, this is it. It's all over. And now they've seen Jesus Christ. And they begin to remember all that Jesus had spoken to them. And they go from downcast to, hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory. The grave has been denied. Hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory and the grave has been denied. Jesus lives forever. You can imagine them dancing. You probably wouldn't want to listen to me singing. You'd imagine them dancing. They went from downcast to dancing. They experienced, they seen Jesus and all of a sudden the whole thing's changed. The whole thing's changed. Hallelujah. Can you imagine being there? Dance! Look out. If the chairs weren't fold ones, I'd do it. I did try to do that once after I did it once the second time, nearly killed myself. So, but nah, it's not in the Holy Spirit to do that. It's in understanding of who Jesus was and that 
what he's done and he's given us power in his life that helps us to go through all the trials and troubles. And when you don't understand, it's that relationship with him, the King of Kings, that helps us to cope and to go through those difficult times. I remember at my brother's funeral, I've said this many times before, but I remember at my brother's funeral, you know, being saddened in my heart, but feeling like I was protected, feeling like I was encompassed by something supernatural. Like, you know, I was there, but it's like I wasn't there. It's hard to explain unless you experience it for yourself. That's the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, of knowing that Jesus Christ is with us. When you hear the name of Jesus, what do you think? What do you picture? I loved uh, Bessie's communion when she's talking about, you know, what do you picture at the communion, you know, her picture of the communion table. You know, we're coming up to Easter and the message is one of love and compassion. But it's also about victory, authority, freedom, the curse of sin being broken and being empowered to live life. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And you know, Jesus said to them when he appeared to them, I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised. I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised. Stay in the city until you have clothed with power from on high. And you know, you think about the Easter period, the three days over Easter. The powers of darkness were being defeated. The spiritual forces were being broken and people were being set free. And I tell you, you can read from the account when you read the the account of Jesus on the cross and how the sky grew dark and there began to be thunder and lightning and people were raised out of the grave. You can imagine that there was something going on and people understood who Jesus was, even even though the disciples were downcast. People knew because they could feel it in the air. I remember once, many years uh, ago, it was um, during the the really bad bushfires that we had here, and I remember the the smoke and the the wind and that, you know, a bushfire in itself creates its own storm ahead of itself. And I remember it was about 6 o'clock at night. It was dark outside, but it wasn't actually dark. It was only dark because of the clouds and the darkness of the smoke. And I remember opening the front door and, and looking out and the wind was sort of going horizontal and there were sparks going horizontal and it was like I was about to walk into something, some atmospheric condition that was electric. There was something there. I was actually thought, no, I'm not going out there. And you can imagine from the account of here, and it reminds me when, when the Bible speaks about the account of Jesus being crucified and, and the rocks being split open and graves being open, it, it reminds me of the very beginning in Genesis where the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth waiting for God to speak the word. Hovering. And, and I imagine that the Spirit of God was hovering here in the place and people knew. We hear about the, the crucifixion on the cross from Good Friday to his resurrection on Easter Sunday. But I wonder if we truly understand. The earth shook, the stones were rolled away and people rose from the grave because the power of God was in action. Even the chief priests, the Pharisees, were rattled in fear of what was happening so much so that 
they even violated their own rules. They break their own rules to meet Pilate on the Sabbath. They weren't allowed, they weren't meant to meet, to do any work. They remembered Jesus' words, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. The tomb was sealed. It was guarded. But God set in place a plan to break the curse of sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, the sin of wages, or the, 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 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Jesus broke the curse of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Just wonder if we could just stand for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm speaking about how the atmosphere is electric. How your presence and your spirit was hovering over the earth. Right now, Lord, I just ask that we would begin to experience some of that which we speak and read about in the Bible, Lord. That it won't be just my words here today, Lord, but you would come by your Spirit and begin to touch lives afresh this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I didn't have this in, in part of my message, but I just really felt the Holy Spirit just quickening me to just say, to, to stand and just wait on Him right now. I'm not finished yet. Or maybe I am. But Holy Spirit, you would come right now, Lord Jesus. Now, there are people here today, Lord, that need a fresh touch. Just as the disciples, your followers, Lord, were downcast on that road to Emmaus, Lord, thought it was, you know, what's going on in my life? What's, you know, I thought you were going to be our king and now he's dead. And maybe, you know, in your life, you're feeling like that. You're feeling, uh, you know, this is not the way I thought it was going to plan out, but as you're standing right here this morning, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in each person's life here afresh today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We can't understand that fully until we experience it. I've had people say to me, you know, I can't believe like you believe. You know, once I didn't believe at all. It wasn't until I came to him and said, God, you know, if you're real, show me. You know, over 30 years ago, I said that prayer. You know, once I was blind and now I see. Over 30 years ago, I said to God, if you are real, Lord, show me. I hear people telling me about Jesus and, 
and about all the things that he's done, but you show me, Lord, you touch my life afresh. And about 12 o'clock at night, he did. He touched my life and changed my life forever. And maybe you're in a place today, he can change your life today by the power of his Holy Spirit. It's not just words, it's not just words in a Bible, but it's the experienced life of Jesus Christ come, died on a cross for us, resurrected to life to conquer death. And He wants us to experience life to the fullness, abundant life. There was a young man as we're standing here, there was a young man, he was part of a Marine Corps, hoping to become a Marine. And he was one of those men who seemed to be a bit out of step with the norm. He, you know, he easily became the, sub, the subject of ridicule for those who enjoyed picking on him. And in particular in the barracks where he was, this young Marine was where he was assigned. There was an extremely high level of meanness and the other young men that were there did everything they could to make a joke of this new recruit, to humiliate him. And one day someone came up with a bright idea that they would scare the living daylights out of this young Marine by dropping a disarmed hand grenade on the floor and pretending it was about to go off. And everyone else knew about it except this young guy that they were stirring and making fun of. And they were ready to have a big laugh and the hand grenade was thrown into the middle of the floor and the warning yelled, it's a live grenade, it's a live grenade, it's about to explode. And they fully expected the young man to jump out the window or to run for the door. But instead, not knowing that it was a disarmed grenade, he jumped straight onto it and yelled to the other men, run for your lives, run for your lives. And these Marines stood there absolutely gobsmacked. Froze, stillness in shame. That the one that they'd ridiculed and made fun of was the one that jumped on this grenade that he thought was life. Jesus laid down his life for us and in doing that he dealt with sin and set in motion the plan of God to give eternal life given freely, given to all who ask. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that raised him to life is the same power that comes to each person when they receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And I suppose the only question we have to ask ourselves as we're standing here this morning, is it real? Was Jesus crucified? Well, you can read in the history books. It's, history proves it. Did he rise from the dead? How can I know? As I said, I asked that question 30 years ago. I asked that question 30 years ago. God, are you real? And I don't know about you this morning here, but maybe you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Maybe you've just been fumbling along, just moseying along, just thinking, you know, this is not the way life is meant to be. But Lord, I want to recommit my life to you this morning. 
Maybe you don't even know Jesus here this morning. Maybe you're thinking, well, what's this fellow talking about up the front? I don't understand a word he's saying. Well, you don't have to really understand all that I'm saying. But you can just ask this question just like I did over 30 years ago. God, are you real? God, are you real? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, with everyone standing here, Lord, and in an attitude of just surrendering to you. Lord, I want to say a prayer this morning. It's a, it's a prayer of salvation, but Lord, we can use it as a prayer of recommitment to you. We can use it, Lord, as a, a prayer of, of, of asking your forgiveness, Lord, and asking you to come afresh into our life. And so I wonder this, this morning if you'd say this prayer with me as I say it. Jesus, I need you in my life. I have sinned and I come to you right now asking your forgiveness, thanking you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Son of God and that you rose from the dead and are alive today. I open the door of my heart and receive you as my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you said that prayer for the first time in your life, then I want you to come and just say, hey, Chris, I said that prayer first time if you said that prayer for the second time I want you to come to me and say hey Pastor Chris I said that prayer for the second time if you said that prayer for the third time I want you to come to Pastor to me to Pastor Chris and say hey Chris I said that prayer because I want to pray with you I remember our pastor my pastor Pastor Bill Pullen Megan Pastor Megan's my pastor now I'm her dad but she's my pastor I remember Pastor Bill saying to me, you know, when I first got saved, every time there was an altar call, I was the first one up there, recommitting my life to Jesus. You know, and it's an ongoing thing. We think that, you know, you give your life to Jesus once and that's it, but it's not. We can, re- we can re- recommit and come to Him every day and say, Lord, you know, come afresh, come afresh, come afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope that you've been challenged and inspired. For more information about Tarelgan City Church, check out mytcc.com.au.